You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. I have one very, very important announcement, and then I have one even more important. No, I've got two important announcements. One is this Tuesday night is our annual business meeting where we share all of our finances. You know, we're very open with everything that we do. And so this is Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. We're going to be having our annual business meeting where we're also going to be sharing and uh, talking about where we're headed, what we're going to do, and believing God, uh, you know, for where we're going. You know, uh, we need to continue to allow God to be God in our lives. And if we're looking for something, it means God's going to do something supernatural. Amen. But we share about all the finances, and then we just talk about what's going on for this year and our future. So come at 7 o'clock. Anybody's welcome to come. You just can come. We're Like I said, we are, we're an open book. We'd have nothing to hide or anything there. We've been doing this for the 26 years. Uh, this will be going into our, I guess, our 27th year of doing it. Every year we've done uh, an annual meeting, and I like to do that just because it lets you know, hey, if you want to know anything, show up. If you don't, then praise God, you trust us, we're good. But uh, uh, we want you to come. Be blessed. Amen. Second most wonderful announcement is for all of you ladies, there is going to be a ladies' breakfast this month. So, amen. So that is coming to pass. And uh, that's not, not this coming Saturday. It's not, it's not the 13th. It's going to be the 20th, okay? It's always the third Saturday of the month, all right? So, uh, you know, get ready to be blessed and enjoy that. Amen? amen? Hallelujah. We thank God for the announcements. Thank God that we get to share that. But we got to tell you what's going on, what's happening. Amen? And because uh, where we're headed and where we're going. How many of you believe that God has something great this year? You know, God has something great. I believe that God, you know, he kind of uh, gave us a pause last year for a lot of things, but he also gave us a good thing to look within ourselves and to find out what is, what's really important in our lives. And I think that's what we all began to understand, that what is really important, and we know that God's the most important thing. And, uh, and in that, though, I think he's getting us ready for something really just is wonderful and supernatural because he has his hand upon our lives. Amen. And so we thank God for that. Hallelujah. We just thank God for his incredible, amazing grace. Amen. Okay, now I want to share something just real quickly here to let you know what's going on a little bit with Harvest Bible Church. And so you know something, because I've had a couple of people ask me some questions and, and say some things about it. And uh, it's just been, now when I say some things about it, they've been asking me. And two of the things has come up, and I don't know where this is coming from, so I'm going to nip it in the bud, okay? All right? Let me just share with you here. I'm not going anywhere, okay? I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm planning on being here till Jesus comes, okay? We're not, we're not, here's another thing. We're not merging with another church or anything like that. We have Radius Church, which is my son, Aaron, and, uh, you know, they're actually, uh, you know, renting our facility on Sunday evenings right now because they don't have a building. They were in a school. They were doing great. Schools are all closed. They can't do that. They, they lasted the whole year doing everything online. And, uh, and I'm a firm believer that we need to be coming together. And so we're the body of Christ, all right? We're not trying to, uh, uh, you know, um, make any money because I don't want any ownership because this is our building. Second thing is, is that we want to help them. We want them to grow. We want their church to be a blessing. So we're working together with them because we have a facility, okay? So until, you know, and it's for a short period of time until they can find some, until schools open up or a building opens up. Amen? So we're believing God with that. Amen? So that's, that's what's going on. We're not trying to, to do it, except we're trying to help. 
Amen. We need churches to stay. There's been so many churches closed and there's been so many people give up. And we don't want that to happen. We want, you know, the the kingdom of God has got to keep going forth. And we're going to go forth. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to go. You know, I mean, it's as as full as we can. We thank God that people take turns coming to church because if everybody who has been coming comes at one time, we're not going to have enough room, okay? So that's, we have to go to two services, which is something we may have to do anyways, but that's okay because that's a good problem. That way we can help you. We can minister to you because we want to minister to people. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to be afraid of anything. Amen? You guys aren't. You've proven that. We're here to do what we need to do. So I, I want to share that with you. I want to make sure you guys understand it. Because like I said, I had two other, you know, just different things. And I thought, okay, Lord, what's going on? Because, you know, and I thought, well, I'm going to have to just make sure that nobody's spreading anything or saying anything. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, I want you to know that, you know, we were, had a great refreshing week. Uh, you know, because everything's closed over on the coast. So all you could do was sit and watch the waves. So it was a wonderful time. <laughs> Hallelujah, which you know is very difficult for me, but hallelujah, the good thing about that is, is that you got a, I got an awesome message this morning, hallelujah, so, and it's for the body of Christ, but it's specifically for what's going on right now, what we got to do, and, and the cool thing about it is, is that I really believe it's going to stir your faith to believe, it's got, we've got to stir you up, you know, before you can have revival, you have to have renewal, before you can have any kind of revival in your life, you've got to have a renewal. Things have got to become fresh again. Amen? So I'm going to give you a good Bible lesson. And before I do that, I've got to dismiss the junior high. <laughs> Hallelujah. So junior high, you can go back, get back, and take off. If you're between the ages of sixth grade and eighth grade, you get to go. Hallelujah. So I said, you know, in that, you guys can all take off because you'd rather hear them back there than hear me. Mm. And while they're leaving, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 17, and uh, we're going to read something and, and share truths with you uh, from the Word of God. But my title this morning, Greg, you can listen to it. My title is, my title is Two Kinds. Two Kinds. K-I-N-D-S. Two Kinds. Do you know there's two kinds of everything? But there's two kinds of specific things that I want to share with you this morning that if you'll listen It'll cause you to rise up above all of the sounds of the enemy. And if you'll listen, it'll cause life to flow into you. And if you'll listen, it'll, it'll help you to know why, you know, things aren't maybe going the way it should be going or why things aren't happening as fast as they should be or just what you have to do in that situation. Because there are two things, and this is totally two things, there's two kinds, and I'm going to get to those, but there's two things that God won't do for you. I got your attention? Now, you need to listen big time about this. Number one, God will not resist the devil for you. I'm going to say it again. God will not resist the devil for you. He he told us we have to resist the devil. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, you resist the devil, and he'll flee. If you don't resist the devil, he's not going to flee. I know burst your bubble right off the bat. God bless you, Pastor. I thought you were going to be nice today. I thought you had a good sermon. I have a great sermon. If you don't understand that you have authority over the enemy and that you have to resist the devil, hallelujah, you have to take authority. You have to stand up against him, okay? Now, thank God, God will help you. God will stand with you, but he won't resist the devil for you. 
Second thing that God won't do is God won't receive for you. Now that I got your attention, God's not going to receive for you because God's the giver. He's not the receiver. God's the giver. He's not the receiver. Say, well, what do you mean? You have to believe that you receive. You have to take out. If I'm going to give you something in order for you to receive it, what do you got to do? You got to reach out and take it. Everybody's waiting for God to do what God wants, and God's already done what he's going to do. God's already done everything he's going to do. He sent Jesus, hallelujah, and Jesus paid the way. Jesus paid the price. He's given us a whole different way of life to live. Amen? So you've got to understand the preface of this, you know, is realizing that I've got to resist the devil, and I have the authority and the power to do it. I'm stronger than the devil. And then here's the thing. God's not going to receive for me, so I get to receive on my own. I get to receive. I get to take, and I get to grab a hold of what God said is mine. See, Mark eleven twenty four says, what things soever you desire. Amen? What things soever you desire. When you pray, you believe that you receive them, and then you shall have them. How many times do you say you? See, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He's talking about you. So many people are waiting for God to do something. And they're wanting to be revived. You ain't going to be revived until it gets renewed. We got to stir you up. We got to get you to believe the old. We got to stir up the, the things of God on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Now, John chapter 17 and verse 17, there are two kinds of things that I'm going to give you. Two, two sets of two kinds. Actually, three sets of two kinds. But, anyways, uh, here it is. The first one is this. And then we're going to read John 17, 17. He said that make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. King James Version says, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Did you know that there's two kinds of truths in the world? There are two kinds of truths in the world. And the problem is the church has been so walking with the natural truth instead of walking with a Bible truth that we've allowed the natural truth to override everything that's going on around us. And God never told us to walk by natural truth in the sense of that that's the final authority. No, he said, listen, there's a biblical truth. There is a a truth that's based on the word of God that is the only thing that can change natural truth or natural facts. Amen? And you got to know the difference. If you don't, you're going to always allow the enemy to defeat you. Because you're going to hear truths all the time. You're going to say, hey, this is a fact. It's a truth. Look at it. Look at it. It's like, that may be that, but God said this. Here's a heavenly truth. And you've got to always go back and the heavenly truth, the Bible truth has to be far greater than the natural truth. Now, understand this. Sense knowledge or walking by what you see, what you taste, what you smell, uh, what you feel, you know, what you hear, you know, we're, we're supposed to do that. God gave all those senses to us. You know, if you go out, out here and you smell smoke or you smell things, it's probably something burning, okay? 
might not might be a good idea to check things out, okay? There are things that we're supposed to have common sense. But the problem is, is that we've allowed all of the things of the world. And you need to understand, the currents of unbelief are so strong right now. Wow. They are so strong that everybody's in fear and the currents of money, that everybody's lost their vision, they've lost their hope, they've lost all this, and they're like, nobody's believing for, you know, nobody's planning vacations. Come on. Nobody's planning for, what do you, we've all just, we've hunkered down. We're going to make it. See, John chapter 8, verse 32 says, you shall know the truth, and the truth is going to make you free. It's going to make you free. See, if you don't understand that there's two different kinds of truth, you will always let what everybody else says dictate your life. You'll let what the doctors say. You'll let what this report says. You'll let what the bosses say. You'll let what whoever spoke over you when you were a kid. You'll let words hold you in bondage. Say, you can't do it. You're going to have this. You got this. You got that. You got this. You know, when I was growing up, my dad had migraine headaches, serious ones, where we'd have to tiptoe around the house for three days. He'd be in a dark room. And Dante, because if you if you, if you, if you woke him up, he he would just go into a rage, and he didn't know it. I remember the the, the one time that actually the last time, you know, then he realized, hey, he needed to get some help, is because I was like 17 years old, and I, you know, he, he just sorry, I probably wasn't that, maybe I was 15, but anyways, I, and I didn't mean to, I wasn't making any noise, but he came out of there and he just knocked me all around the bathroom, and then when he went back, and when he came out later, I said, Dad, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make. He goes, What are you talking about? I said, Dad, you just knocked me all around. And, and it scared him because he didn't remember nothing. And then he went to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, you know what's going to happen to you? He just flat told me, he said, listen, he said, the problem with you is you're carrying everything, you're getting, he said, you've got this thing here that, that is hereditary, supposedly. He said, but you just take everything on you. He said, what's going to happen is you're just going to bust a blood vessel in your head. You're just going to die. He said, you better take care of this. He said, wait a minute, aren't you the doctor? He said, yeah, but there's nothing I can do unless you stop worrying. They don't tell you that anymore because they want money, but it is, it's like, hey. And the doctor made a great statement. He said, listen, you need to find something that changes your thoughts. I don't know if the doctor was saved or not. I never heard anything like that. So my dad decided he would find something that would make him laugh. So he laughed himself to, to, to wellness and he, and he, and he got delivered from, from migraine headaches. But here's the key, is that my sister, who's older than me, got migraine, my brother's older than me, had migraine, and then all of a sudden, it started to come on me. And it did. When I'm in my high school years, I'd get a migraine, couldn't see, but I'd just get up out of class and go, because if I didn't get up out of class, I'd throw, over, throw up over everybody. So i just get up, go outside, throw up, and go, have to go because I just, that's, just what, that's just what you get. But then at 18, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, got a hold of the Word of God, and that was the last, last time. I was 19 years old. was the last time I ever had a migraine headache. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ever. I mean, my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 62 this year. Hallelujah. So glory to God. It's like, hey, here we go. So uh, that's a long time, and it's too late to start having them now. Yeah. Amen? Yes. You see, when you understand truth, now, does it, well, you're going to have this. No, now my sister, my brother, they still have them. Because they don't know how to walk in heavenly truth. 
I mean, still in the family. It's still hereditary. It's, still, it's, it's tracking down through other people's family, but it's not tracking down through mine. We broke that curse. We broke those things. Amen? See, see what happened is, is that we're, we're so used to living in the natural that we just take everything that comes to us. No, we got to stop. We got to stop. We are faith people. We are, we are full of faith, full of the power of God. Amen? We've got to change. But you got to know there's two truths. You got to know that this truth will set you free from this truth. Amen? Because not only is there two kinds of truth, but there's two kinds of faith. There is. There's two kinds of faith. There's a natural faith, and then there's a spiritual faith. There's a Thomas kind of faith. You remember Thomas in the Bible, right? The disciples said, hey, we've seen the Lord. He showed up. Thomas says, I don't believe it. I'm not going to believe it unless I get to stick my finger in his hand and I get to thrust my hand into his side. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I'm not going to believe it till I feel it. That's the Thomas kind of faith. And most people in the world, that's what they live by, what they see, what they hear, what they smell, what they taste, and what they touch. That's what we walk by. I say, well, Pastor, we've got... Yes, in the sense, in the natural, you do it. Don't, don't get crazy. But what I'm talking about, spiritual things here. Talking about being healed. Talking about walking in freedom. Talking about walking free from, from bondages. Walking free from the lies of the enemy. Amen? See, there's the Abraham kind of faith who says, hey, I believe God. He said, I believe God. I'm an old man. I'm 99 years old. Sarah's 90. God said, we're going to have a child. Good luck. And God, not only did he say Abraham, he said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, the father of many nations. And so Abraham's like, he, he kept going around, Abraham, Sarah, he, every time he did, they're speaking their faith, they're talking, and his faith. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, that Abraham, he didn't consider his own self. He said, look, at, I'm dead, you know, I can't do this, but God can. And the Bible says that Abraham was strong in faith. Do you know that every person in this room is strong in faith? You don't need more faith, you just need to use the faith that you have. If you're born again, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you have made, you've exercised your faith for the greatest thing you're ever going to do. You've used your faith for the highest and hardest. Amen. Abraham said, hey, it says, you know, it says he was strong in faith doing what? Giving glory to God, saying glory to God, glory to God. I mean, all of us can do glory to God. And the second thing that he was, he was fully persuaded that what God said, God could do, not what I can do. I'm fully persuaded that what God said, he can do it. God said, by his stripes I'm healed. God said he sent his word and healed them. God said that he blessed me. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. The psalmist said, who's blessed me and who's forgiven me of all my iniquities, but who's healed me of all of my diseases. Thank God we got a promise. We got a covenant. We just took communion. It's a covenant promise for us. But see, faith doesn't walk by sight. The Bible says faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by what we believe, not by what we see. Now the world will fight you. See, see, the biggest battles, the biggest battles haven't been fought outside in wars. The biggest battles in all the world are fought right between your ears. The biggest battles are fighting, it's between your heart and your head. Because your head's saying, yeah, but you you don't know how I feel. You don't know how this, yeah, I do. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, I do. There's a battle raging between your spirit and your flesh. And the Bible says you've got to crucify your flesh. And that's hard. 
See, we're not, we're not saying, well, I just need, no, you don't need more faith. You just need to let God be God in your life. Hallelujah. And trust that what he said in his word is true, that God can do what he said he would do. He sent his word to heal me, and the word will produce what it said it will produce. Remember Luke chapter 5. I, I, I'm going to hit you with a sledgehammer here because I got a lot, lot, lot of notes, and I haven't even turned the page yet. We're not even halfway down. So, uh, man, I get done today. If I don't get done today, I get done Wednesday. Hallelujah. We'll get this, okay? Because you got to get this because it's something that we've got to grab a hold of. We got to know God's not going to resist the devil for us. God's not going to receive for us. So if I want to receive from God, I got to do the receiving. I got to catch it. Amen. And I got to know that I got to walk by faith in the word of God, faith in what the Bible says instead of what faith is what's going over here. Now, let me just share something with you. You know, whether you go to the doctor or don't go to the doctor doesn't determine whether you're in faith or not. Okay, what determines is your attitude behind it. Amen. It's amazing to me. Now I'm a pastor, so I got to live with you. Okay, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna walk you through this. I'm not running away from you. I'm gonna live with you. I'll walk with you. I'll go with you. I'll, I'll, I'll do things. You know. I said, well, here's what we're gonna do. Because many people come up to me, and, I, and I'm just going on this corner. Here's it, I gotta do this. Because when people say, well, I don't know if I should do the operation, or if I should do this, or I should do that. And what do you think I should do? I said, you better go do it. Because you're not in faith. But let's get in faith to do it. Let's find out where we can be. Let's locate ourselves. Let's get this. Don't get mad. Praise God. Let's keep you alive till we can get a lot of faith. Build you up so you can start using the faith that you have, and then we can do things. But don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't let your faith kill you. Okay? Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't allow you know, your pride, because that's all it is. It's just stinking pride to think I should be this super you know, man or woman of faith because I've learned this and I've seen this. Listen. Glory to God. Talk to God and let him humble you. Amen. I mean, I've been down this road. Because I, and I mean, I, I believe God. I exercise my faith. I do things. And I, I, you know, trust God and God does great things in my life. But I remember I was being attacked by the enemy. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Holy Spirit, you're not taking hold together with me. We're not getting, and I'm getting worse fast. We need to do something here. What's going on? And I never, never forget, he said, well, you're going to have to have so-and-so pray for you. I said, What? You know so-and-so. <laughs> they ain't spiritual. He said, I, he goes, I know. That's why you got to humble yourself and ask them to pray for you. See, that scared a lot of you right there. Because you're thinking about, oh, my God, who's the word? Man, God would probably have that person. I don't want that person. But I had to. Why? Because I thought I was a man of faith and power. I thought I, you know, I'm getting in my, I mean, this is the way it's going to be. God, you just do this. I believe the word of God. I stand on the word of God, and that's it. God said, no, you're not going to get it that way. You know, there's seven methods to get healing in the word of God, and God will bring you through all seven if you let him, and he has one that works. That's a whole other teaching, but we're not going to get into that, okay? See, we look at this thing, and we want to put God in a box. You can't put God in a box. He's too big for the box. See, but we got to get rid of the Thomas kind of faith, and we got to get over to the Abraham kind of faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. Abraham just trusted God. He just trusted God. 
Yeah, now he messed up. We know that he messed up because, you know, Sarah told him, hey, it's, it's been too long. And that's the biggest thing. We let a clock destroy our faith. We say, yeah, but I've got a life and death thing. I understand that. If it's life or death, then we need to get something we need to do quickly or we need to do something quickly. Amen? But we need to stand on the word of God. We need to be in faith in whatever we do, whatever God speaks to us, because God will speak to our heart. We're always trying to work on the sending in. Guess what? How many of you know that there's nothing wrong with God? And there's nothing wrong with the sending in because God already sent his word. We got to work on the receiving end. We got to work on this end. So we got to realize there's two kinds of faith. And yes, I want you to walk by faith. I want you to walk by faith in the word of God. I want you to trust what God says is true. Because when you do, miracles happen. Supernatural things happen. God does great things in our lives. I mean, there's great, great things. Because not only is there two kinds of truth, not only is there two kinds of, of, of faith, but there's also two kinds of unbelief. And I'm tying this all together because I'm going to jump back and forth because all of these tie together. If you can't get people to see that there's two truths in the world, you will never convince them about Jesus Christ and them being born again. You will never help them get healed. You will never help them get delivered. You will never help them walk in strength and victory if they don't know that there's victory and strength and healing and salvation over here that's truth. See, when you get born again, glory to God, you get translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son, amen, in the kingdom of light. See, we're walking in a different kingdom. We're in a different kingdom. We're not in the kingdom of this world. But the world, we, you know, we've let it filter in. and we See, now, now I love what's going on now because there's persecution. You say one thing wrong, they cut you off. Hallelujah. Cancel things. This is awesome. I'm just waiting for them to cut off all of this airways, all of our cell phones, everything. And we got to go back to believing God, listening to the Holy Spirit, walking and finding out what's God saying. God said, go here. So-and-so's going to be there at that time. Let's go get them. Hallelujah. See, I started out in that. I went to Europe. I went over into, into uh, Hungary, and I went over into Romania and Yugoslavia way before cell phone. Or not way before, but before cell phones were there. And anyways, but I went over and went over where there was no. And I, I get over there, and the missionary said, I say, well, do they know we're coming? He said, I don't know. We're all praying. I said, what do you mean? He said, I said, you didn't contact? He said, no. I flew halfway across the world, and we don't know where we're going. He said, well, we're going to believe God. We're going to believe they hear from God. We hear from God. I said, yeah, but we're in Austria. We got to drive down through all these communist countries, go across all these borders with guys with machine guns on. And I'm an American. That's not a good sign. And because the, and the, the wall's still up. You know, the Berlin wall's still up. So the wall, so still this. So we go down there and I'm just, you know, you, know, you pray when your life's on the line. You can hear from heaven better when your life's on the line. You're a little bit more sensitive when things are like, I'm going to die. We're going to get killed right here. When they get you out of the car and point the gun at you and they make you take out all your suitcases, do everything. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't smuggling in any Bibles or anything like that. Well, I was just going because God spoke to me to minister and preach. But, wow, it was, a, it was an event. And we get into the city and we park the car. He's like, okay, let's pray. We're going to walk. I said, okay, let's pray. So we pray. He said, I think we're supposed to go there. I said, okay, no, we're praying. I said, I think we need it. So we prayed. We ended up, we're right where the church is because it's an underground church. Found it, got there, ministered. God did supernatural things. It was amazing. You know, and I thought to myself after I got done with all that, I thought, you know, that was a blast. It was terrifying, but it was a blast. 
She said, I'm excited to get back to that. See, and I know all these kids with the, oh my God, I can't, I can't handle it without my phone in my hand. I understand that. I don't even know how to get directions without that. You know? I mean, I don't, I don't like GPS, so anyways, I don't. I, you, if you've been someplace once, you should know how to get back. <laughs> Praise God. I haven't quite figured that out, but we're working on that. Amen. What do I mean by two kinds of unbelief? Let me share this with you, because I want to expound on all of these, but two kinds of unbelief. The Bible talks about two kinds of unbelief, which one is an unbelief that you just don't know. You have a lack of knowledge. You just don't know the truth. There's a lot of people, they they have unbelief because they really don't know the truth. In fact, that's the way a lot of the world is. They just don't know. See, the answer for that one is is knowledge of the word of God. You just know what belongs to you. You know that this belongs, that belongs. You know how to act. You know how to receive. You know how to take hold. Amen? It's knowledge of the word of God. We got to get that. And a lot of people are that way. They just don't know. That's why we got to get the word of God in them. But here's where a lot of the church people are. The second one. The second one is this. And it's over in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 6. You know, in fact, let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 6. I can quote it to you. I mean, I use a lot of scripture because I just keep quoting them, but sometimes you guys just sit there and look at me, and uh, you need to get over there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now in the New Living, it talks about they disobeyed God, but in the King James, it says, because of their unbelief. But in verse 6, it says, so... God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter in because, in the King James it says, because of their unbelief. But in the New Living it says, because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the world already quoted. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. You can't harden your heart. See, this kind of unbelief is an unpersuadableness. It's literally a disobedience to obey what God said. God said, I've given you the land. They walked over into the land and said, there's some giants here. Got some walled cities. He didn't give us the land. God said, yes, he did. Everywhere the sole of your foot trods, it's yours. See, it was the same land when Joshua went in and took it because all those other people that were with Moses all died not having received the promise. When Joshua took them over, you know the same giants were there and the same walled cities were there? See, the problem is, see, what do you mean by unpersuadable? We refuse to let the word of God govern our life. See, when you start talking about the Bible and you start confessing the word of God and you start speaking words of life and you're very positive and you're very strong, everybody's gonna attack you. They're going to be mad at you. Amen. They just do that because they don't want you to be happy. They don't want what you're saying to be true because if what you're saying is true, it's going to show up their dirt. And it's going to show up their lack of, of their obedience. It's going to show up their lack of what God's because they think they know more than you. Amen. And we got to stop being disobedient to the Father. We got to stop being disobedient to the Word. Amen. I mean, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Amen? Amen. We take hold of the word of God, and when we take hold of the word of God, you know, we need to hang on to it. 
Because people always say, well, I think if God does something, he just doesn't, it's done forever. Well, the problem with that is, is that God has given two sides. That There's a man-word side and there's a God-word side to everything we do in life. God's already done all his. He's just waiting for us to do ours. And the cool thing is, when we do ours, his works. Amen? When we draw nigh to God, what does the Bible say? He draws nigh to us. Amen? If we resist the devil, the devil flees. People say, well, I tried to resist him. He didn't flee. Well, either you or God are lying, so we got to figure something out here. I'm sorry. we we got to get back to the Bible. You go, oh, you want us to get back to confession? You want us to get back to faith? Yes, I do. I want you to get back to believing God. I want you to get back to believing and not being afraid, not to walk in truth. I want you to get and say, no, that's not going to come. When somebody starts confessing bad things, say, saying bad things, you say, no, that's not going to happen. Glory to God, because I'm here. I want you to rise up and declare who you are and your covenant rights. I want you to know there's a different truth that you're walking into. There's a different faith that you walk into. And there's no unbelief that you're supposed to walk into. Either way, we're not going to let that. But see, Jesus wrote to the churches in, in Revelation. He said, hold fast. Hold fast to that which you have. And the very next thing says, don't let any man take your crown. Isn't that amazing? I like what the New uh, Living Translation says, and it's Revelation 3.11. He said, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. We have let people take the promises of God and make them to none effect in our lives. We've allowed people to say things and do things. But here's the key. I mean, I was just meditating and praying, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, don't let anyone take my promises from you. And he said, especially you. And I went, me? He said, yeah, you. He said, you're the one that's robbing you of your own crown. That'll wake you up. You are stopping me from blessing you the way I want to. I said, how do I get out of the way? How do I, I mean, I don't want to block it. I want all that God has. And he gave me that. He says, you got to hold on to what you have, but you got to grab a hold of the promises of God and don't let yourself, your unbelief and your doubt, rob you of the blessings of God. Because believe it or not, he said, my people, that's what they're doing. They think they know it. Amen? And they do know partly. They do believe as far as they know. The problem is, is that they need to step over into nowhere. He said, but they're robbing themselves because they're thinking that, well, the promise can't be. I mean, it's true, but it can't be. I mean, it can't be that good. I mean, it's not me. I've messed up. I've blown it. You know, it's It's crazy. Do you know one of the, the two biggest enemies of faith? Number one is unworthiness. You think you don't deserve it. Let me just share with you all. Everybody hit your neighbor. Say, you got to say something really good here. Guess what? You don't deserve it. You don't. You deserve to go to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You don't deserve it. Okay? But Jesus bought and prayed so, paid the price so you can deserve it. It's not, I don't, but God, Jesus did it. Jesus did it. God has never healed anybody on their worthiness. God has never blessed anybody on their worthiness. God heals and blesses on Jesus. It's because we're in Christ. It's because of what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Because I accepted Jesus, I get everything. 
Glory to God. And when you recognize that, you go, Woo, it's not about me. It's about him. And I accepted him and I know I'm saved. I know. Hallelujah. Remember I said, when you exercise your faith for being born again, you exercise your faith for the highest thing you'll ever have to use your faith for. Because see, faith and healing are the same thing. Luke chapter 5, it says that uh, the, uh, you know, the Pharisees were there, down around verse 27, I think, right in there. It says that he was teaching, and there were Pharisees, and there was lawyers, and they were helping around. And he says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Remember, the power of the Lord was present to heal. But the roof's packed, and so four guys bring, they bring uh, their friend there who's paralyzed. They bring him there to get him prayed for. And they're like, dude, meeting sold out. Can't get in. Might as well go home. It's done. Not these guys. Oh, not these guys. Hey, let's go up on top of the thing. Let's rip the roof off. How many of you think to do that when you bring your friend? Let's rip the roof off. Let's lower that sucker down in there. And your friend who's, 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 who's laying on the thing, he can't, he's like, hey, guys, hey, what are we doing? Where are we going? What are we doing? Don't worry, we got you. That's why I always say you need at least four crazy friends. They rip the roof. They lower him down to Jesus. Jesus sees the man, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And oh, man, did the Pharisees and the Lord, they went berserk. Who do you think you are? Only God alone can forgive sins. And what did Jesus, Jesus made the most wonderful statement. He said, which is easier? To say, thy sins be forgiven, or take up your bed and walk. Which is easier, to say, you're forgiven of your sins, you're born again, or you're healed. He said, they're both the same. See, we make healing so hard. Listen, I'm not going to apologize for it. You know, you know, when I got this, I was shouting, this is a good message. Hallelujah. And we're, we're hanging on to it. Because... Here's where I want to get it, and, and I'm going to do this last little bit here. I'm going, to, I'm going to, and you know, I'm just giving you the highlights. So this is a good thing to get it on the inside of you, because we need to understand that. You need to know about yourself that there's an inward man and an outward man. Your spirit man on the inside, the one that's born again, that's you. Your outward man is just your flesh. It's just your house that you live in. Amen. And so if you want things to be manifested in your outward man, which is what you do when you want healing, you want to be, because your body's what's sick, not your spirit. So you want to get that. Then you want to get healing in your inner man. Then you want to be known and get the, what's God speaking there, because then you have that faith is of the heart. And when you get it of your heart and you believe the word of God, it changes your outward man. Amen. It does. It does. But here's the biggest thing that becomes a problem that I see in the body of Christ, and I've seen it, and I see it more now because the enemy is trying to bombard us. He is so trying to bombard us. Hallelujah. With all of this unbelief, all of this junk that's going on. And, And so the body of Christ has got themselves, we're praising Lord, praise God, praise God. Yeah, we love God. Praise God for the word of God. Praise God for God who he is. But nobody is acting on the word of God. Nobody is declaring, How did I, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm well. Nobody is acting on the word of God saying, you know what, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to be blessed. I'm believing God for this. I want to give, I want to sow, I want to do. Nobody's saying, you know what, I'm believing for this. I want to I lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to be able to say a word. Nobody's believing for the gifts of the spirit to be an operation in their lives. And there's so many people that are, that are satisfied with their relationship with Jesus without miracle signs and wonders in their lives because they're not acting like miracle signs and wonders are supposed to be in their lives. 
They're like the man who went to the same church there in Matthew chapter 7. Two guys go to the same church. They hear the same message. They go out and build their, build their house. One builds his house upon a rock. The other builds his house upon a sand. Why did the one build his house upon the sand? The analogy is this. The one who built his house upon the sand heard the word of God but did not do the word of God. What does it mean to do? It goes back to your receiving. See, remember? The weak, let the weak say, I'm strong. But I know how weak I am. I know how weak you are too, but let's just say I'm strong. (laughs) How about we speak words of life instead of words of death? Because what happens is, here's what happens, is that you you understand, why is the devil always, why does it seem like the devil just can come in and bombard me and do these things? Because if you're just agreeing with the Bible and you're just praising God about the word, but you're not acting, you're not resisting the devil knowing that you can, you're forfeiting your rights in Christ. And the devil can come in. You're at a place where God can't come because he won't violate your will, but the devil will. He'll come in and torment your mind. Have you noticed that? He'll come in and pick on you. He'll come in and mess with you. Hallelujah. He will. He'll come in and say all kinds of things to you. I mean, he'll come in and lie to you. Amen? He will. He'll come in and say, you're not going to make it. You're not gonna do this. People don't like you. They go, oh, look at this. People don't trust you. People don't do this. Here's what's going to happen. Look at this. Look at these things here. And you're like, wow. So let me show you. How do you tell? The difference. How do you know? Because I've been here. I've been here in this mental agreeing thing. And me and God have had some really good knockdown drag outs, okay? He always wins. Okay. He didn't think they were any big deal. I did. Okay. I was giving it my all. But here's the problem. Is that I had to re- get reminded of well, what does the word say? See, God confirms the word with signs following. God will confirm what his word says for us. Amen? When we say what the Bible is true, but we don't act on it, then we're in trouble. I like something that Smith Wigglesworth said one time. A lady wrote him a letter, and she quoted all these scriptures and said all these things to him and wanted him to come and pray for her. And he just, at the bottom of the letter, he just signed it, said, believe your own letter, and sent it back to her. Awesome. Do you know she got healed? She got healed. She came and said, you're right. He said, just you got to believe your own. He said, the problem is, is that people who are mental agreeing in the word of God, they, don't, they would never dare to act on the word of God. They would never dare say, I am healed when I feel sick. Because they get all mad. Like, well, that's, that's not true. I can tell. You know, the Bible says that Abraham's faith calls those things that be not as though they were. They do not call those things that are as though they are not. You know, if I got a big old bump on my arm, I'm not going to tell you, I ain't got no bump on my arm. I got a bump on my arm. But you know what? I call that healed. I call the healing power of God a work of the healing power of God is a work in my body, affecting the healing and the cure. And that sucker is going to be gone. It has to go. Hallelujah. It cannot stay because of what the word of God says. See, we, we look at this, but see, it's the hardest thing. To, that's why the Bible says it's a fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. The biggest battles are between our heart and our head. And because what are people going to think? Who cares what people think when your life is on the line? You know, when my life was on the line and I'm praying, I'm trying to hear from heaven, I didn't think about 
anything else except, God, I got to hear from you. I know that if I'm in the perfect will of God and you're there, then I'm good. I know you told me to come. I know you told me what to say. But you got to tell me where to say it. Amen? See, we take hold of the word of God. See, you got to know that we walk different. There are two kinds. Two kinds of truth, two kinds of faith, and two kinds of unbelief. And we don't want any of the unbelief. But we don't want to get over and say, well, you know, I know the Bible's true, but why isn't it working for me? You're mentally just agreeing with it. Yeah, but I know it's not. See, that's the problem. I know that we let time, we let things take place, we let all this stuff mess with us. But faith knows no boundaries and knows no time. So remember I said one of the big, greatest enemies is, uh, is an unworthy and we think we're not worthy. The second, one of the second biggest things is that we get in and we get out. We get in. Oh, we hear a message. Yes, yes, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. And then two days come. Well, ain't happening. <laughs> See, if you believe that you receive, then what are you looking at time for? What things have you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When do you believe you receive them? You believe you receive them when you pray. And when you believe you receive them when you pray, and you pray it according to the word of God. You know, John said, you know, he said this in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. He said, you know, this is the confidence. This is the confidence. I want to build up your confidence. I want to build up your faith because we've got to be the ones that are decreeing and declared. We're not afraid. You know, hallelujah. Glory to God. We're not afraid. You know, to go lay hands, to go pray, to do. We're not afraid of the enemy. We're not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. I've already died a thousand deaths. Hallelujah. You can't do anything. The devil's already done his best shot, and I'm, I'm back, fired up, ready to go. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I know that God is God. Amen. I'm not, so I'm going to believe that I receive. I'm going to take hold of the word of God, and I'm going to walk by faith. Says, well, how long do you have to walk by faith? How about till Jesus comes? <laughs> how about believing what God said is true? Amen. And here's the thing. Let's be, let's close with this. Here's what the apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 27. Remember in Acts chapter 27, he's on a ship and he's shipwrecked. And for 14 days they didn't see the sun or the moon. Amen. They didn't see anything. And they gave up all hope that they were even going to be saved. And then all of a sudden, Paul stands up and he says, hey, guys, y'all should have listened to me and not ever left, or you would have never lost all these things. But let me just share. He said, be of good cheer. That's the first thing he says. Yeah, it gets to be, be happy. Be of good cheer. Guess what? There was an angel who stood by me this night from whom the God of whom I belong to, of whom I serve. I belong to God and I serve God. He goes on to say, listen. I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. I believe, I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. God said, hallelujah, that the righteous would never be forsaken nor a seed begging bread. God said that he, the church is going to get brighter and brighter. God said he'd never leave us or forsake us. God said that he's still a miracle working God. In fact, he's a more miracle working God now than he's ever been. Hallelujah. Because he's given us faith to receive. He's given us faith to take hold of. Amen. 
So it shall be even as it was told to you. So there's two kinds of truth. Let's walk by Bible truth. Let me walk by sense truth. We know, okay, if we get out here in the middle of the road and there's a car coming, get out of the middle of the road. Come on. All right, do some things. Let me have some sense, okay? You know, if you keep hitting your you know, finger with a hammer and you keep believing God to heal your finger, it ain't never going to get healed. Okay, you understand? Come on, let's not get stupid, but let's believe the word of God. And there's two kinds of faith. Let's stop walking by sight. Let's stop letting all that we hear. Biggest thing is let's stop walking by what we hear on the outside. Let's start walking by what we hear on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's quit walking by sight. Hallelujah. Let's quit doing those and let's allow God to be God. Because Jesus didn't come in, Thomas. He said, Thomas, I'm glad you believe now. But he said, blessed are those who believe who haven't seen. Thank God we're walking by faith. And then he says, let's get rid of unpersuadableness. Let's get rid of disobedience not to act on the word of God. Let's get rid of that. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Amen. Amen. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these incredibly wonderful folks. Lord, I've just shared from my heart and just with all that within me, and you've just brought it out, and I just trust the Holy Spirit this morning to form it. I want to get it in them. I want to get them on fire. I want to get them believing. I want to get them planning vacations. I, I want to get them planning trips. I want to get them planning ministry to their family. I want to get them planning, hallelujah, prophesying to their neighbors. I, I want to get them planning, reaching the lost, touching the lives. I, I want to see a renewal on the inside that it just renews that freshness, and then revival will come. Hallelujah. Then there'll be a story. Then there'll be a supernatural thing that takes place. Father, my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart. I'll lead them. I'll show and I'll act. I'll do what you called me to do. So, Lord, we magnify your name. We honor you for it. As we bow our heads this morning, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, that's never made Jesus the Lord of their life, They may know about Jesus. They may know of Jesus. They may even believe in Jesus, but they've never confessed him as their Lord and as their Savior. And if you're here, you can believe in Jesus. You can believe in him. But if you've never confessed him as your Savior, if you've never lifted your voice and said, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe you died. I believe you died for me. And I believe that you forgive me of all my sins. If you've never said that with your mouth, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Because with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you're here and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. See, you can't go to heaven on grandma's faith, mom's faith. You've got to go to heaven on your faith. So if you've never done that and you want to today, raise your hand real high. God loves you. He wants to do it. I'm going to look around. I'm here. I got to look around a little bit because sometimes you want to raise your hand just a little bit. I want you to just jump up. How do I need it? Hey, it's me. Glory to God. God's so good. God's an amazing God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a good, good God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And those of you that are watching, if you're watching this, you need to accept it the same way. Father, I, I just thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. Father, I never apologize for the truth of the word of God that sets the captives free. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace upon our lives. And we love people. Father, our hearts cry is to reach out and to touch lives and to help them. And Lord, you alone are worthy and you alone are amazing. 
And we may not understand some things. All right? And we know the enemy can come in like a thief and he can steal. But Father, we resist the enemy. We take authority over those things. We stand our ground. We don't let what the enemy has done stop us from believing what you've done. And we don't beat ourselves up because it looks like we may have not won on that battle or we didn't win in this thing. But we allow the word of God and the presence of God to cause us to rise up and to move forward and to receive the things of God. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we honor you. We love you and praise you. Father, I thank you for all those that are here. I know I've laid a challenge out, and I've, but it's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's something that you spoke to my heart that we've got to get this renewed life and renewed faith. We've got to speak words of life. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, I just love you and thank you and praise you for that right now. Father, I do, I do. Just ask the Holy Spirit because I sense in my heart, you know, there are those that are thinking, yeah, but it doesn't matter what the past has done. Today's the day to take hold of faith. Today's the day to take hold of truth. Today's today is to repent of disobedience or unbelief and just say, Lord, forgive me. I want what you want. I love what you you love. I don't want to have what you have. Father, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for that, and I thank you, Father, for each and every one. My heart just goes out to the body of Christ. But we've got to walk by faith. We've got to walk in Bible truth, and we've got to stop the unbelief and the disobedience of not obeying the truth of the Word of God. Lord, you're an amazing God. Because, Father, we want to receive. And so we're going to get ourselves out of the way. Hallelujah. We're going we're to get ourselves out of the way. We're going to be receivers. Hallelujah. We're going to be receivers. We're going to stop being blockers, and we're going to be receivers. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for that because of what your word says. Lord, we honor you for it now. And I just thank you, Father. I trust the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.